Welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. I love these episodes with Liz. Man, Liz Henson always does a great job of pulling the golden nuggets out of both of us. And so if you're tuning into this one, buckle up because I've been hearing over the past week, I've been talking about this topic and the engagements and the comments and the DMs have just been telling me, oh my gosh, Joey, this is what you need to keep talking about because this doesn't get talked about enough. And it's a pretty counterintuitive. It's pretty backwards sounding. But this is for all of you business owners who maybe have been around for a while. There is probably a big mistake that you're making that you don't even realize that you're making. I'm like, I know where this is going, but I'm also like, where is this going? (laughs) So one of the first things that I picked up on when I started with my business was the importance of systems. And I will forever be grateful to my mentors, experts, people who have programs that I've purchased that have helped me systematize and really put processes in place around our business. But I have to tell you that if all you're trying to do right now is optimize systems and processes, you're leaving so much room for explosive growth on the table. And you might even be shooting yourself in the foot to an extent. Mm-hmm. So Liz, one of the reasons why I'm excited to talk to you about this is because I know that you and I are so aligned on some of these misses and pain points that start to happen because you feel like you're being such a good business owner by focusing on systems and processes and getting them in place, right? You know, it just came up that we didn't even talk about before the show is that kind of reminds me of this like monetize before you make it attitude. And I just met with an amazing friend of mine today who has fallen into being a successful membership owner. He has no systems, but you know what he does have? He has a heck of a proof of concept because he's already literally making money with no system, with no CRM, with no nothing, literally just cash app, PayPal, whatever. And people can't pay him fast enough because he's got proof of concept. Mm. And I think we can get so sidetracked with, I need the perfect tool. I need the perfect system. I've got to automate this before I get started. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In my own business, I tried to automate things that I didn't even know what I was doing yet. So what becomes possible if you actually just figure out what you're doing and master it before you start to automize yeah. or systematize? Here's an uncomfortable but powerful question to ask yourself. If you're focusing on systems right now, are you doing it because you did the math and you realized that these are the fixes that need to be made for the business to improve in the near future? 
or are you hiding from the hard and uncomfortable work that you need to be doing to validate that you've got a really strong, irresistible offer that people want mm. and building those connections and having those one-to-one -one communications with people. Are you hiding behind these systems so that ideally you can have your business running without you having to do these things that you don't want to do? Yeah. And I even think about next level CEO, because I was nudging you a little bit like, Joey, let's create onboarding. Joey, let's do email marketing. And you're like, nope, we are just focusing on the offer and proof of concept. And we're keeping this as simple as possible. And I was like, okay, I get it. I'm like, I already know it's going to be <laughs> successful though. So I feel like I'm operating from the future, but you kept me so grounded in, we don't need that. We just need yeah. to get our nine people. We don't need the fancy systems yet. Yeah. I'm glad that you bring up that program, Next Level CEO. For anybody who's not familiar, it's a live program that we do once a quarter with a small group of business owners, although we plan on scaling it later this year. And mark your calendar for sometime in March. We'll have dates soon. I'm going to be doing an incredible live training series that you don't want to miss around team building and delegating your way to multiple six and seven figures. But Next Level CEO is the program where I help business owners figure out how they can delegate more so that their business can make more money, so that they can have more time freedom, and so that they can have less of that feeling of overwhelm and responsibility of having to do all of the things in their business. And Liz is one of my amazing coaches inside the program. I'm going to keep things confidential in terms of specifics, but a common thing that we're seeing right now, and we work with pretty high level business owners who have hit major milestones of success in terms of revenue and the sustainability of the business that they're building. But a lot of them have focused so much of their efforts on creating strong processes, having certain VAs or teammates helping them do certain things for the business, but they still are in the management seat mm -hmm. across the board on their team. So even though they have great clear systems and automations firing, and even though they have a layer of VAs helping them, they have to check that everything gets done right. Their vacations get ruined because they find out that something's not done right. Mm -hmm. And next level of success and freedom for them is building a management team, usually promoting from within, so that they no longer have to be the ones who are managing all of these projects, making sure that deadlines are being met and not being the one that has to approve and check everybody's work. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think systems are great and systems are part of automating and delegating, but there's a time piece that's important. Like if you try to systematize or automate something too early, you could be making changes constantly and actually creating more work for yourself. Yeah. There is a real cost to focusing on creating really great systems instead of being more boutique around the offers and solutions that you can solve. And Liz and I want to get vulnerable about something that Indie Law is working through right now. We are in the midst of changing our email software that we use from an app that we've been using for several years now to another one. And for anybody who's interested, drop a Y or a one in the comments, because we're working on once this is all done and once we've completed this transition, we're going to do a 
debrief video style presentation around why we made this change, what we were focusing on why we made the change and our biggest lessons learned and maybe what we do differently if you're in a similar spot where whether it's your email management or some other type of app that you're tooling using just isn't working for whatever reason and you want to make a switch. And I think too is how to know when it's the right time, like how to know that this is not just a shiny object thing. But like you said in the beginning, really being able to audit the cost. And you're so good about this now, but I love in Next Level CEO, you shared that you used to be really into trying all the apps and you were like an app hoarder. Tell us a little bit about now where you're making these really educated based on ROI and cost versus all the fancy tools. Liz, I've never told you this or asked you this, but I was the guy in college and in law school as well who spent so much time trying out all the different productivity apps Mm. that I never actually like used and implemented the app. I would just go from one to the other. And I was like the ideal Apple app store customer. Cause I was just getting all of the to-do apps and the productivity apps and trying them all out. Oh my gosh. I tried quite a few too. Evernote. Yep. <laughs> if I go really far back, sisters would always make fun of me because we, I had a really big family and we always had these big family functions. And usually there was some type of like an assembly line of certain types of foods. And so I would always go to like hamburger assembly line mm. and I would meticulously grab the toppings of like just designing this like really amazing burger. Then I would take a bite and I'd be done. (laughs) And my sisters would love it because they're like, Joey makes the most amazing burgers. Well, only takes a bite of it and then we get to eat the rest. Now I eat all the, like I eat, you can't stop me from finishing a burger. But the point there is I really like the design mode of it, of the build out. And then the actual use and implementation was tough. And when I started my business, I was always so tempted to be like, oh, there's this one feature that's missing that would be super cool. So what's some other type of tool that I could use with similar features that has this one thing that I want and I'll make the change. Mm. And after a couple of years of that, it was very obvious that I was giving my entire team a sense of whiplash. Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few years and we had been using this email management software for years. And I want to say that like, it's not pretty on the inside. The team was okay with using it. We had systems and processes, but no one loved being inside the app And Mm -hmm. I worked with a really amazing expert who used to work for this company. So he said, hey, if you want to really build this out in a smart way, here's a way to do it with all these different bells and whistles. You can see who who clicked on this link in your email, but if they didn't click this link, then they would get tagged this way. So we had all of these complicated build outs and it was a more expensive tool to use. Mm -hmm. And what we've since learned, we've gotten to a point where we're realizing that we are not yet at a place in our business where we need that type of detail and sophistication. 
Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I first noticed that you were using like the big wig email platform. I'm like, oh, Joey's like big time, right? And you are big time. Like, believe me, you are. But it's really meant for like course creators almost that are like have email lists of like 50,000 people, yeah. right? And I think something that we're kind of breathing a fresh air into the business right now is like indie law can be automated, but it can also have a boutique experience. Like, you can have both as long as you stay curious and the values for your company and the customer experience that you want to create, it can be both. Like I'm always asking what's light and easy, but provides yes. the most value. And that's what this transition is out is light and easy, but also a boutique kind of experience. Yeah. And I want to be clear that you can be boutique and still have systems and processes. Yeah, absolutely. What we are now realizing is that there are myself and others on the team who are who have been mostly responsible for the system buildouts. We love the complicated processes. We love the here's step one B part C mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of a thing, and we're realizing that you can still have strong systems that don't need to be so granular mm -hmm. because there is a lot of times that granularity doesn't have a payoff mm -hmm. and there's a real cost to figuring out what all of those little micro steps are. If you make one little tweak, does that mean the entire process needs to get updated? Yeah. What's the cost in terms of all of the tools that you need to make it happen? And what's the cost of having your team constantly be building out monitoring and auditing these complicated setups mm -hmm. so a, a big shift for us this year is how can we simplify our processes i love that word boutique liz so how can we give our team and our customers and clients a more boutique hands-on experience that's supported by systems and processes mm -hmm. and how can we also create systems and processes that our team enjoys being in. Mm -hmm. um, I fight with some people, including my wife, a lot about how I would much rather have my Apple MacBook that keeps things simple versus Microsoft laptop that might have certain better features, but everything is super customizable. Yeah. And complicated. Yeah. Yeah. You and I both have a design background too. So there's a lot to be said for things that are aesthetically yes. clean and simple and easy to digest. And speaking of the design note of it, one good example there is if you use certain tools that are super sophisticated, that whether it's an email tool or a website tool, you have to be very careful because of the sophistications, it could look beautiful on a desktop but awful on a phone. Mm -hmm. yep, and there are really great technologies out there that might not be as bonus feature-y, but they make it so that when you design it in general, it looks good on a website and on mobile. Yeah, And they take that thought process out of how do we make it look really good in these ninja ways for both. Yeah, yeah. And from like a community and marketing standpoint too, like we want to be able to meet people where they are and nobody wants to feel like they're part of an automation, right? Yeah. Like the key to automation is that it still feels warm and welcoming and meets our customers where they are. Yeah. And the more complex the system is, the more likely there could be a little nuance that's missed and one person no longer feels seen and heard or yeah. 
like we're speaking directly to them and where they are. Yeah, I think we all can relate to that idea of receiving bad customer experience, right? Mm -hmm. But also that customer experience where it's not bad, but you can tell that it's super automated. Yeah, it's just not as good as it could be. It's not speaking directly to your pain point, even though you feel like you kind of signed up for the right reason. Yeah, and I would much rather have a good process that feels automated versus a bad process. Yes, right. Yes, absolutely. So if you're working on building stuff out like that or a new customer onboarding experience, I would much rather get systematic and perhaps automated first Mm -hmm. and then figure out how to make it more human and boutique-y than not really having a strong system and process for it. Yeah, absolutely. But before we head out, because I know Liz and I both want to keep this episode on the shorter end, there's something that I want to speak to that I also want to create just more content around because I shared something recently around this topic of systems aren't enough to give you true freedom. You also Mm. want to be replacing yourself as manager and leader. And I got some really interesting response from it because there were several people who said, yes, amen, I'm here for it. And I'm not ready to hire a manager yet, but I'm Mm. excited to in the future. And so I just want to do some myth busting around this idea that if you're at that place and you see the value of starting to hire not just doers, but managers and maybe even department leads, that doesn't need to be a very cost prohibitive thing or thing that will break your wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do such a good job of this, at helping empower people that having teammates delegating and automating doesn't have to break the bank. Right. Especially if you have good systems and you can do it in-house versus hiring an expensive agency. Yes. I'll give two ninja tips here. One is when it comes to management, an opportunity that a lot of people aren't even thinking about is how can we plan to elevate our existing doers, especially and even overseas VAs who you ideally are already seeing quite a bit of profit off of there. And again, I love and will always recommend ethically finding opportunities to hire overseas because it's such a win-win-win for Mm -hmm. you, for your business, and for the VA oftentimes. There's just so much opportunity to pay them a livable wage for them, a thriving wage for them that is also a way more profitable option. You know, Finding people who call themselves VAs here in the United States can get expensive quickly. Oh, easily. It's very expensive. So that's my one ninja tip is creating a long-term plan to elevate your overseas team. And if you don't have VAs yet, hiring VAs with this idea in mind that you'll prove who the rock stars are over time and then elevate them. And the other one that I just wanted to address, and man, Liz, you and I can go to town on this some later time, but finding intrapreneurs... Mm. who already, maybe they're already in your audience, maybe they're past clients, maybe they're just collaborative. And for whatever reason, you have the bandwidth and ability to bring them on part-time. Finding part-time fractional support among your business owner colleagues Mm -hmm. to pay them in ways that are probably more secure than how they might be paying themselves as business owners. Yep. 
and making it part-time enough to where I'm, it might be that after you're done with the training and after they get used to what it means to manage that part of the business, it could only be five or 10 hours a month yeah. for them to replace you in terms of managing that part of the business. Absolutely. I, mean, I love the whole conversation of like entrepreneur and entrepreneur, because that's hundred percent me. And I see all of our leadership has entrepreneur qualities. And essentially yeah. that's someone who is extremely self-disciplined and self-motivated and has those um, qualities of an entrepreneur, but also really thrives being on a team. And I learned that so late in the game that mm. I was like, no, I really love being on teams. I feel a little bit more at home when I'm yeah. not on an island all by myself. Well, Even if I have a team, it's not the same as being on a team. Well, there's knowing you and I, maybe that's something that we can work towards in the future of like building our own community of entrepreneurs and yeah. spreading this message that it's okay. And I can see some business owners feeling like that there's a defeat in that decision of, yeah. oh no, I want to be full-time in my own business. I don't want to work for someone else. And there's nothing bad, period, about taking on another job while you're building your business. Mm-hmm. There is a huge difference between saying I'm going to also add working at Starbucks to I'm also going to find another company that I can work for in a higher capacity. And, and level up. Yeah, yes. it's a level up. The lightning speed at which I have learned from being under the hood in your business. It's like I couldn't have invested in that type of education to really mm. be in it and to be learning in that way. And my goal has always been to be in my own business as little as possible, right? Like I'm trying to scale offers that don't require as much of my energy or are tasks that my team can be doing. Yeah. So it helps me stay focused on that mission. If I have this many hours a week in this business and this many hours a week in my business, it has helped me expedite some of that decision-making and some of that growth. Yeah because I don't want to work 40 hours in my own business. Like I just don't. <laughs> yes. And there's a lot of stuff that I think Liz, you and I can talk about privately to clarify stuff here, but also like, man, there, there's so much we can talk about and, and tips that we can throw out there. If you're like, oh yeah, this sounds great. One thing that I just want to caution you about is if you're looking to find an entrepreneur or someone who can come in and manage part of the business for you, there are things out there called online business managers. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that is not really big. It's very expensive again. So an online business, and they should be, they come in yes. at a much higher level and provide support there. This is more, you're already as a business owner used to managing projects that you're probably yourself managing. Mm -hmm. um, here's an opportunity for you to manage others do this in a way that will feel, and Liz, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is way lighter to manage a team doing something in the business versus trying to manage yourself while you're also doing all the things. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And there's already, I know our visibility department is new, but overall in your business, there's systems and processes for everything. There's so much thinking that doesn't have to be done yeah. because it's already there and it's already in place. It's so good. Yeah. It's so fun. It's not quite consulting. It's way more permanent and part of the team than consulting, but you really elevate your leadership team to stay in those high level tasks. And that's why it just works out for everybody. It works yeah. out to be fractional among both of your businesses. 
and it allows us to always be working towards more freedom, more work-life balance, keeping us in elevated positions and out of a lot of those doer tasks. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It's a culture. It's not a magic wand. It is a culture to instill those values in your team of what tasks do you want to be doing? What do you want to be doing more of? What do you want to be doing less of? What type of thinking really inspires you yeah. and taking those the entrepreneurs and keeping them in those high level roles. It's a culture because I'm only able to do it because I'm watching the other leadership members do it. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And to say what you're saying, maybe a little bit different language. This is top of mind for me because I saw someone share a success in a group around this. They said that they were thinking about doing something like this for a while where they could bring on past customers or kind of business friends to help with the company. And they created all of these stories for themselves around, but I can't pay them as much as I would want to, as much as they're mm -hmm. worth, as much as X, Y, Z. And I don't want to create an offer that I myself wouldn't accept. Mm -hmm. But part of the culture there that you spoke of, Liz, is really listening when you put those types of invitations out into the world and hearing what other people really want right now and giving yourself the permission to accept what they're saying as mm -hmm. true and trusting that they're being honest with you because mm -hmm. I've seen it enough times to now believe it without second guessing myself that ideally the money that they receive that our team receives from me feels lighter and easier than the money that they might be receiving elsewhere or in their own business. 100%. And, and knowing that I am not solely providing for their entire income and part of what I am paying them and what that looks like and what the benefits are, are up to them mm -hmm. and what mm -hmm. they most want out of things. And if you're like Liz, a part of this is making an investment to, to learn and get exposure to the way that this can look like so that you can do it yourself. I know that Liz has taken so much of what she's seen and used it, tweaked it for herself, elevated her own teammates. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It skyrocketed the way that I view growing my team. And that's next level CEO, but that's also, I meant to say this at the beginning of the episode too, like what makes me unique to share mm. my insights is like, yes, I have a team of my own, but being under the hood of your team and even the experience that we had working under the hood of James's business a little bit yeah. and some of the other companies that I've helped in a consulting or fractional way. I mean, gosh, I've learned so much about being on a team and growing a yeah. team like simultaneously. Mm. Yeah. And well, you've done I, some high level consulting as well. Yeah. You've, you've helped people in their businesses. And you can see what works and what is inspiring you to bring back into yourself. And you probably will also see things that you're like, oh, this is something to watch out for myself, or I would do things differently. And I get to see that more confidently now than I would if I was just brainstorming what this could look like in the future. Yep. Yeah, well, exactly. Liz, I want to respect your time. I know that you have some stuff to look forward to later today and I'll appreciate the half hour back as well. So we can end it there. I cannot stress enough that this is something that business owners should be thinking about. And even if you might be at a place right now in your business where you're still in that kind of hustler phase yourself, you're still trying to put those processes together. I can't recommend enough that as you're putting more processes in place for your business, you don't go overboard with it. 
Yeah. Like systems and automations are really important and we both value them so much, but you still got to have a human being managing those systems. Absolutely. And that piece is crucial to making sure that those systems stay good over time is that we're constantly auditing and seeing where we can improve. So good. All yeah. right, Liz. All right, everybody. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week. Learn